fast forward that after my mom passed away in 2016. About two and a half years later is when my son passed away. And now all these pieces, like God has helped me make it through all these losses in between my father, my mother, my sister, and all the others in between, friends and family, other youth to suicide. I didn't have that much of a question after my son passed away, whether I was going to be able to make it through this loss or not. So I honestly believe that God had laid these other things at my feet, knowing that I would face more difficult things. And that difficult thing was the suicide death of my son. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your Chief Storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Dutch, and welcome to episode 92 Peggy's Grief to Healing God Story. Thank you for listening to my show that shares Christian women's God stories around the world and is part of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app one of the world's most powerful Christian apps. And friends, I hope all is well and you are ready to embrace the month of thankfulness, November. I know I am, and I have so much to be thankful for, including all of you. And today I'm excited to bring to the mic, Peggy Green. And Peggy is a Colorado native, mom, grief specialist, author, and speaker, and an overcomer by overcoming the odds of surviving the loss of two children. Welcome to the show, Peggy. How are you doing? Thanks so much. I am actually very thrilled to be here. It's a gorgeous day, and it's exciting to be here and sharing my God story with your audience. Is Colorado these days, is it... uh, you know, super cold. Has it snowed yet? Or is it still really nice? Well, Colorado is that state where you can say, you know, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes and it can change from, you know, bright and sunny to cold and rainy and cold and snowy. So, um, you know, right now it's been pretty nice where the days are nice, but the mornings and the evenings are chilly. So, um, but it's, it's a beautiful time change and it's, and it's gorgeous. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. I, you know, I was sharing with you a little bit about having lived in Colorado for over 30 something years. I raised my daughter there, got married to my husband and, you know, my daughter finished out college and lived there and worked there, built my career there for many, many years. So moving from Colorado was quite a change and we still go back often and have family there. So it's, Really nice to have you on the show um, and have you share about 
how the weather is and what's happening there in Colorado. So Peggy, is there anything else that you'd like to share on a personal note that I haven't? I'm very pleased to be here. And I tell you, as after you've heard the rest of this story, is that this is not a place that I would have planned to be expected to be. But um, that's part of my God story is that this is what's brought me here. And I am grateful for the opportunity to be able to help others through their grief. And it's um, something I never expected to. So it's just being open to that God calling. Yes. And then God really does honor that. So thank you again. So, you know, Peggy and I have spoke a little about my podcast and why I do what I do. And I know that, you know, I love to share transformational God stories of what God has done in the lives of women in and through their circumstances. But I would like to hear from you. I know you're a grief specialist and, you know, you have a, a really good perspective on women, I'm sure, too. And I would love to hear from you why you think it's so important for women to share their God stories. I think that this is one form of just simply evangelizing and sharing our stories because it's an inspiration that sets that example for others and letting them know that that God is there, God is real, and that that's an important piece. And it helps us as an individual to share our story, to gain more confidence and deepen our relationship and our faith and, and our belief in God by sharing that story. That which we speak is that is which we believe. And it's for ourselves and then for others. So it's a twofold experience when we share a story. Yes, it is. Thank you for that perspective. So, you know, listeners are wanting to hear your God story. That's why they're here. And so, Peggy, can you share where your grief to healing God's story began? I'm just going to start from backwards, actually, and and then catch you up and bring you. We're going to go back and reverse a little bit. In 2018, my son passed away by suicide, and that really catapulted me into where I am now and everything that I've done in the years, in the time since. But going back in reverse in thinking about what I experienced in, in my God story has not been one for me that I just woke up one morning and said, this is it. It's more been a progression in each day, each month, each year that my relationship and my faith and my knowledge in has has deepened and grown. So I want to encourage those who look at somebody who may feel, you may think that they're very deep in their faith and they're very spiritual and that they have that close connection to God. They may have been on this journey as well. So to realize that some people, it's not instantaneous. And that's the um, pace with me. And so when my son passed away, that was what catapulted me into deepening my journey even more. But my faith started, I grew up in a church somewhat. My mom was the church attender and she would take me and my siblings to church and my dad would stay at home. It wasn't something that we did on a regular basis. And she did make sure that I went through the Lutheran confirmation one summer when I was in middle school. And that didn't mean much to me 
It was more like, oh, it's it was summertime. I had my peers there and we had fun. And so it really didn't strike me, but it was just something that I had agreed to. And my mom had requested that I do it. Then fast forward to going through high school and college. I really didn't follow any sort of belief. I mean, I, I knew that there was a God. I didn't put any time or effort into that relationship. And then when I got married, I did get married in a church because that for me was the thing to do. It's like I always knew I wanted to be married in a church, but it didn't have any significance to me as far as, you know, that under God that we were saying these vows, it was just the thing to do. And then five years after I got married, a little over five years, in 1991, I had a child pass away as well. My nine-month-old daughter passed away in a daycare accident. And that had been my first really family experience in the loss of a loved one. And I so distinctly remember at that time that I didn't have support in getting through my grief as far as support groups or books. Granted, my mom was still alive. My sister was alive. And both of them were encouraging me to attend church and get involved and get to know Christ. But I wasn't going to have any, any part of it. It was um, not what I believed in. Even as a matter of fact, when I went over to my mom's house and she had her Bible out and been doing her Bible study or her, um, you know, Christian God time, I almost felt awkward in having exposed to it because I didn't understand it. it made me feel uncomfortable. And I thought that she was going to force it upon me. She never did. But that was something that I believed. And after Courtney died, mom and my sister, they really did try and I wasn't wasn't ready for it. And it wasn't until many years later that in 1999 that several pieces came together. And I just so really feel that this was God's intervention. It's like if things didn't line up, the following things wouldn't have happened. And that is where I had the light bulb go off and realized my then husband was an alcoholic. And one of the things that Al-Anon, I started attending Al-Anon, it's for partners or you know siblings or spouses of people who are alcoholics. One of their 12 steps is to find your higher power. And I decided that would make sense to me. But the only way that I could really start taking myself and my children to church was based on the premise that my father was passing away. And I wanted my kids to have some place to feel and understand, have some sort of reason why their grandfather was passing away. When reality, it was about me being driven because Al-Anon had recommended that I go. And this is where I really started to deepen my faith in um, attending church on a regular basis, reading the Bible, and getting involved in the church. My sister and I were attending the same church at the same time. So we, I had a community and some involvement with that, which was so very important. And attending church through that was huge in being able to help me just even get through a difficult time and how tough it was. And then my sister passed away 10 years later. My mom passed away 15 years later. And as each important person in my life passed away, I, really turned more and more to God. It's like, God, I just can't do this by myself. How can you help me to heal? 
help me to believe that you are the almighty healer and that I am meant to make it through this. And especially when my sister passed away, she was she passed away before my mom. And that was so hard because she was only 53. She was my best friend. But I also knew that she was a very devout Christian and she knew where she was going. She didn't have any question that she was going to heaven. And the same with my mom. And to think it's like, why wouldn't I want to even have that faith and the, and have that relationship with God? Because I darn well want to see my mom and my sister again. And so those are things that I'm just excited that through heaven and my belief in, in Jesus Christ, that I will be able to see them again. But more what I now have seen is that Christianity isn't about this stuffy religion. It's about being a person that I'm meant to be, to be Christ-like, to be kind and have perseverance and, and giving to others. And that it forms who I am. It, it, it's that story of Christianity is about being a good person and having that relationship. And so I was building on that. Um, even after then my mom passed away and now I am the matriarch of my family with my niece, my sister's daughter, my three children at that time who were alive was my oldest daughter, my son and my youngest daughter. And being that matriarch, I took that on very seriously. And I said, how can I be that best person? How can God help me? to be that best person and to live that life of faith. And I really believe that living that life, setting that example is a really good way to subtly evangelize and show people this is how I've made it. And now, you know, fast forward that after my mom passed away in 2016, about two and a half years later is when my son passed away. And now all these pieces like, God has helped me make it through all these losses in between my father, my mother, my sister, and all the others in between, friends and family, other youth to suicide. I didn't have that much of a question after my son passed away whether I was going to be able to make it through this loss or not. So I honestly believe that God had laid these other things at my feet, knowing that I would face more difficult things and that difficult thing was the suicide death of my son. So now I've been able to pull together all the tools and resources that God has given me to be able to help me to help others. I am now at a point where I'm comfortable with where I am. Yes, I still miss. I still miss even my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter from 1991. I still have those grief waves, but they're not incapacitating and they're not so serious that I can't function, but sometimes the memories are, are joyful and I can laugh and those tears are both joy and sadness. But everything that's been in my past is what's prepared me to make, through, make it through this trauma, this tragedy of my son's death. Because suicide is so different than other sorts of death, you know, even cancer and accidents, because suicide is complex, it's messy, it's complicated because it's suicide. A person, my son, made a choice and took his own life. And that leaves us so many questions of why did this happen? And 
that's why it's so unique. But I have all these tools I know that have been laid before me that enables me to be able to be where I am and to be able to move through my grief to healing. And my faith is a big piece of that. But then God has laid forward the other components of the things that I've come through and what I've used. So there's a lot there to your story, Peggy. And I just kind of want to know where you are now. Is counseling others who are going through grief? Is is that right? Or you've got it, you're you're encouraging others through grief because you are a grief specialist, right? Yes. And because of those experiences, I've been I've navigated my my loss. And like I said, I still experience some of it, but I bring to the table tools and resources from practical experiences of going through my grief, but then also professional experiences of having a background as a personal trainer and working in health and wellness and fitness and helping people navigate tough times. So I am a grief specialist. And so I help others to do that. And I have two books that I've written. And the first one was actually shortly after it was, I completed it less than a little over a year after Connor passed away. And it's Life After Child Loss, The Mother's Survival Guide to Cope and Find Joy. And then two years later, I released Survive Your Child Suicide, How to Move Through Grief to Healing, which further brought together those components, which helped me to be able to make it through this. So yes, I have two books available. I um, speak on the topic. Not only the the you know about the grief and about the suicide, but the inspiration in what's helped me to make it through. You know, when life gets tough, because I tell you, Michelle, it would be easy with what I've experienced, the magnitude of my losses, it'd be really easy for me to crawl under a rock or lay on the couch and pull the covers over my head. But I know that God does not intend me to do that. And so I'm out serving others with my practical experience and with my books. So I do um, grief coaching and it's a little bit of a different philosophy than many of your traditional therapies because traditional therapies is a lot more um, talk therapy. And I bring together three components. You know, I call them three phases to move through grief to healing. One is acceptance or talk about giving yourself permission to heal, permission to grieve. Second one is understanding your fear. There's a lot of fear associated with healing. You know, is the work going to really get me through this? What are other people going to think of me? So understanding that fear. And then finally, the fourth phase is where I bring together recovery in four areas of health, your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. I really believe in a holistic approach. And I say that with a W. Holistic is in whole body because physical and spiritual are rarely spoken of when it comes to your healing, when it comes to grief. So this is where I have this holistic approach, because if you're not taking care of yourself physically, you can't do it mentally. If you're not taking care of yourself spiritually, you can't do it physically. They're like a piece of a puzzle. They're very interconnected, interrelated. And if you don't address all of those areas, then it's very difficult 
to not to, it's very difficult to move forward in your healing. So bringing those whole, all of those together, you know, in, in the traditional therapy is talk about things and work things out and, and you express your feelings. And I do that in the same way, but I help you to think about it differently. Just like, no, I'm not grateful that my son took his life, but I am grateful that I'm able to do something with it. So in just being able to think about that, if you had, if I had somebody sit next to me and, and their child died by suicide and they were so angry and stuff about it, well, that would put them a different way to think versus the me. So I bring together that and help us to address those emotions and those feelings and those thoughts, but help you to think differently. And even that, you know, God is there to help us. So I bring it all in together. <laughs> Yeah. And because I am so passionate about Jesus Christ and his healing power and redemption and how he works in and through our circumstances and how he transforms us as we go through our journey of healing and recovery. You know, I, I always like to hear how you were able to grow in your faith through that. How did God meet you in those circumstances there? And that's a great question. So I definitely tapped into the tools and resources that I share now. And I also work with um, a chaplain and I spend a lot of time attending church, sorting through that. I, I'm, I'm an analytical kind of person and I love to educate myself. So I researched um, a lot of that, I helped myself to understand suicide because that was critical for me. And I even share that with others, that big question of why. So I did a lot of my own research. I was also in a Bible study in where um, I had other women who I could reach out to in those moments. And then having a close circle of friends, my tribe, who I could reach out to and share. And then also attending events specific to suicide loss, like American Foundation for Suicide Prevention has some meetings. Um, there's some local um, meetings, Heartbeat, and then also like um, suicide prevention and awareness activities like walks and conferences, attending grief conferences. So it's been a culmination of these things that's that's brought it together. And when you talk about sharing your story, so as a podcast guest, I'm sharing my story, but I share my story when I'm speaking, you know, but then I bring together workshops and, and sharing that story and, and the tools that I've used. And those are so well received and it gives people an aha moment because they're like, you're right. My therapist hasn't talked about this. I like the way that this has come about. And it's so enlightening to see when I share a specific tool and the light bulbs go off in the room and how grateful the audience is for what they just learned. Yeah, that sounds to me like you're healing through that too, because you're giving them an awakening or something that can encourage them through that journey of healing and recovery. And, you know, I, I've had a, Few people I know who have lost sons through suicide, and it is quite 
the healing journey for them. And they are still healing through it. I've not experienced or encountered that kind of loss in my life, but I know that there are many who have and more. So statistically through your research, are we seeing an increase in suicide? Because I've heard the veterans, definitely there's a lot of vets who commit suicide. I'd I'd love to hear your perspective on that too, Peggy. And maybe what we can do to recognize someone who might be, you know, encountering, you know, or or considering this. My husband was a suicide crisis counselor there in Colorado and has shared a little bit, but you having come through it, I, I would love to hear anything. And I know my audience would of what you can share there. Yeah. So I see that there's two parts to what you just asked there. What is about statistics and then a little bit about awareness and prevention. So, yeah, unfortunately, Michelle, the statistics are rising that there is an increase in suicide. Suicide um, by uh, firearms have actually grown is that they are the latest statistic that I'd seen, I think, was 2020 and where um, deaths caused by firearms in suicide have actually exceeded deaths by homicide with firearms. Um, that particular statistic surprised me, maybe because that's not how my son chose to end his life, because I thought that was more of a common one anyhow. But when we look at the statistics in the rising numbers of suicide, it's a leading cause of death in males 18 to 24, but I've heard as young as 10, and then even when we get into people being seniors and 65 to 70, 70 to 80, that they're also choosing to end their life. There's so many reasons for this to happen. And this is where it gets so complex for the survivors who want to understand why. But I think that the big thing that it boils down to for mostly everybody is that they're in some sort of pain. And whether that's something sitting on their shoulder and taunting them and teasing them and saying, do it, or there's no hope, or that's the mental component, or even physical, and where they're feeling so much pain physically that it's, they can't stand it, and that the only way to end the pain is to end their life. Not necessarily that they want to end their life, but they can't endure the pain anymore. And I think that's, um, you know, there's, so there's the physical and the mental um, excruciating pain. They don't know how to get out of it. And I believe that's what happened with my son. Um, you know, he didn't outwardly give huge hints. I think he had shared a couple comments scattered among friends and family. So it didn't weigh in on anybody. So he didn't give any indication that there was some things, but when I did my research about why, um, you know, I investigated, I talked to his friends, I checked voicemails, I checked Facebook messages, I you know, did everything possible to find out why. And that's when I started putting together some of the pieces in understanding that. So it's really hard for us to understand that why. And when you talk about the statistics, yeah, it continues to rise because I think that mental health continues to be an issue. And unfortunately, we don't know who needs help and they don't know that they need help either. 
I mean, if my son would have reached out and said, this is what I'm going through, I probably could have helped him with some of the things that he had going on. I couldn't have solved his problems, but I think that, that there's so much stigma in spite of best efforts around mental health and needing help and not having solutions. So unfortunately, those statistics continue continue to rise, not only in the United States, but globally, that it continues to be an epidemic and where we're seeing an increase in that. And, you know, young kids that are 10, I mean, we have so much that's impacting that and, and anything from bullying to just physically being abused. So it's, it's their escape because they just don't know how, how to, how to reach out for help. You don't know what you don't know. Thank you for sharing your perspective on that, you know, and I'm not here, you know, my, my intent is to share your God story so everyone can hear it and that it can be an inspiration and it can help someone who may be struggling. You know, I'm not here to make recommendations or, you know, I'm not a mental health counselor or professional in any way, but I'm here to understand your story and how it carried you through um, your faith and your research and, you know, everything that you had encountered previously through loss. And, you know, I just think God knew what your calling was going to be. And he has walked, it sounds like, right by you and through others. And um, it sounds too that, you know, you've had a personal, just a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that also helps minister to our hurts and our pains and our sufferings. And I do think that God has this special way of comforting because he said, blessed are those who mourn. You know, there's, I mean, there's so much there, but was there a scripture, Peggy, or two that really strengthened you? In Jeremiah, and I'm not a scripture um, um, memorizer, <laughs> I guess, you know, in such that God didn't intend me to do any harm. And then um, the shield, the shield of armor, which God provides. And then God gives us pers- perseverance and, and faith and courage and knowing that those are God's promises that I can and will make it through these things. Even as I wrote my books, I typed, but I really felt like that I was the conduit in between God and my keyboard. Because when I go back and read my books, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not me. There's another God story, how God just worked through your writing. Well, absolutely, because that is one thing that I discovered that I enjoy doing, that I write well, and that I have a message. The day after Connor died, um, I went to Facebook and started posting my hurts and what I was experiencing, announcing his death. And and, um, I continued on that. And about four months into my journey, I saw a shift in what I was doing. I was not only writing about the hurts and the pains and the grief, but I started talking about how I was progressing and like, okay, this happened, but this is what I did about it. And as my friends and Facebook friends and family kept following me, they were commenting saying, you need to write a book. 
like, okay, that's perfect. That's easy. So I committed to 13 months because I figured, you know, Connor passed in December that I didn't want to try to start to write a book. So I carried a month past that. And my assumption was that I just pull all those posts off of Facebook and drop it in a book. Boom, bam, it would be done. Well, no, there's much more to it. (laughs) And so I found a company and that was, again, by the grace of God, because I spoke to several people, was introduced to a, um, a writing group and wrote my first book. And I really feel that, you know, like I said, I go back and read that. And then in my writing my second book, I went through a different group and how everything, I mean, I believe this is a God thing um, called Team P as in Polly, the publisher, Patrice, the editor, and Peggy, the author. And because my second book is about suicide, it was released just prior to September, which is Suicide Awareness Month. And everything lined up that the editor and the publisher were all available. I was available to be able to write this book and have it released. And so, you know, that indeed in itself is a God story because that would not have come together at all. I can't imagine what goes through the mind of a mother and a father when their child takes their own life. Without the grace of God, without God carrying them and helping them go through the journey, I just can't imagine how they would carry that burden because it's easy for people to sit back and judge, right, or say things. And it's just, you have to be very careful, you know, there. And, you know, I guess all my experience with having gone through grief or having helped others um, just through my own contacts and networks that have gone through grief has always been to just listen to them and love on them and extend, you know, a shoulder, let them go through the process and do what you can to support them through where they will allow you to do that. And, you know, what I found is praying with my friends has helped a tremendously. And, you know, I'm wondering if that was that helpful to you too, as you were going through your son's, you know, suicide loss and then other losses. Was that something that helped you too? Well, of course, prayer is very helpful. And um, spending that time, you know, for me, being outdoors is my connection to um, being grounded and, and opening myself to hearing God. You know, I walk several times a day. I hike. And that for me is that opportunity to hear God's voice and to talk to him. I mean, I remember that it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be angry. God wants us to share where we are because then we can be true and authentic and he can be the father and say, it's okay. You know, I can take your burdens and lift them off you, but share them with me and talk to me. And so Yes, having prayer friends, I did a lot of journaling and even I was, um, I would do my Bible study and then it would, my creativity and my conversation and where I was feeling in my faith and talking to God wound up on paper. And it's amazing to be able to get those things on paper because then 
it's amazing how much more it opens up what we hear and what we can see because we only have a limited capacity in our brain. And if we try to keep everything in there, then it leaves no room. You've got a bucket full of water. Well, you can't add any more water because it's full. So empty that bucket out and then be open to receiving more, more memories and to more healing and to let go of that pain and open up and let God be the one to help us heal, I think is huge. Um, I spent time, you know, with, with chaplains. I had one friend that was my crying friend that my grief seemed to hit quite frequently when I was in my car. And I could just call her and say, look, all I need you to do is listen to me cry. And that was amazing. And one of the things that I have really appreciated, and I also apply to others when they've shared with me their losses, is that after the first two weeks, that's when everything just goes away. The support systems, people have to get back to work, they go back to their lives, and not intentionally that they forget you, that they forget that your loved one has passed. Because as a grieving person, we have a tendency to think, bam, this world should stop. Mine just did. Why haven't you stopped? Well, life goes on around us. So I found that reaching out to people who are experiencing loss after that two-week period is almost more recognized because I remember opening cards going, oh, okay, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. But it meant more when somebody reached out to me afterwards because they were distinguished from the crowd. And after my daughter passed away in 1991, I had a friend who once a month for a year, so 12 times, I received a card from her. Wasn't anything extravagant, just um, something with like a sunflower. And it said, thinking of you, love you. And that was huge because I knew that she wasn't forgotten. But I also know that it's as somebody who is grieving that the world doesn't stop. And it's also up to us to remember our loved one. And I think it's unfair to expect everybody else to remember like a date of death or their angel anniversary because it's not that important date to them. And when we expect them to, remember it, then you we get disappointed and angry because they didn't remember it. So by that token is to watch what we expect. But then also, I think it's very important for us to express what we need and just say, you know what? Like I said, I had the crying friend, call somebody up. Will you pray with me? Hey, will you come over? Will you take a walk with me? We need to be able to express that as well. And it's okay to be in grief. It's okay to give yourself permission to heal too. Those are important components. I could get on this soapbox forever, Michelle. Sometimes I ask questions that really do bring <laughs> others to getting on their soapbox, which is good, right? Because this is really what I wanted. And I wanted you to come out and share some of the things that you've been sharing that I think will really be beneficial to my listeners because... There's a mirage of people I know that are hurting out there that really need to hear what you have to say and are struggling with going through, you know, a son who's taken his life and, you know, or a daughter, you know, who passed from being sick 
you know, and I mean, just a lot of loss in that's part of the journey that I think we all have to endure and go through at different times throughout our life, because that's part of the nature of what we do. You know, we are born, God created us in his image. We are then uh, at some point we leave this world and it's what transpires. We aren't made to live here forever. And that was never God's intention, but we do have hope. We do have um, a, a, a savior who died on the cross for our sins and brought hope through the resurrection and to eternal life. And um, I do believe as believers, we will at one point be all united and, you know, that will be an incredible day and there won't be pain. There won't be suffering and all those things because we live in a fallen, broken world because of what transpired. So with the, you know, Eve and Adam and all that happened there in the garden. And so belief in the Christian, those that are Christians is huge, right? So I really appreciate you taking the time to share what you have shared there, Peggy. And, you know, I know that you mentioned you have several books out there and kind of what you're doing. Is there a place where others could reach you easily or where do you, you know, just direct people to get in touch with you or if they want to purchase your books? Well, the best place actually to reach me and, and find out more about my books and about the coaching and, and the speaking and, and there's other resources on there as well. I have a Thursday Thoughts blog where I you know, remember that first 13 months. Well, rather than posting on a regular basis, I decided to consolidate and put it into a weekly blog. So Thursday Thoughts. You can sign up for that. And this is available on my website. And that is the, T-H-E, grief, G-R-I-E-F, and specialist, S-P-E-C-I-A-L-I-S-T.com. And so you can check out my books there and sign up for a consultation with me because you don't know, it kind of like when I said, you don't know what you don't know when somebody needs a help in suicide, but you don't know what you need. You don't know how this can help you, but you really, if you are going through grief, you don't need to do this alone. Society has changed that our support systems have changed. And that's one of the reasons why I do this, because when Courtney passed away in 1991, I had limited resources. And even in 2018, the resources were somewhat limited. They're growing, but as you said, the suicide rates are rising. There's not enough people like me to help the people out there. And so you don't have to do it alone. I do have a unique perspective, definitely different than your traditional therapist, but come experience it and see if it's a fit because I walk you through steps to give you tools. Not that it's, you know, I have to present it in some order. It's on a book. I can't cram it into one thing, but it's it's the process of giving you the tools that help you so that you can move forward and so that you can move through your grief to healing. Healing is a continuous process because 
there's times when it can come back, but that you can cross that bridge, that you can move forward. At one time, there was a ministry to heal um, others going through grief called Grief Share. Have you ever heard about this? I am familiar with them. You are familiar with them. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about them, but I know my one one of my friends who's been on the show, her husband passed from cancer and, you know, she just went through a whole lot of grief too. And uh, she has shared a little bit about that, but I'm just wondering what kind of tools there are for those in the church too. Do you offer your services to churches maybe to help others? Um, or do you have any kind of Bible studies or anything that you like to do? Um, as part of what you're doing with your grief counseling? Well, I'm not specific to a church. Um, it is my coaching, my programs are available to anybody and I, making it non-secular enough so that if somebody wants to come in and experience what I do, um, it's that quiet evangelism. So you've, you've, so many times we think about mission trips and if all they're doing is is building schools and they're not really spending a whole bunch of time you know setting up a church and, and having services but they're really demonstrating what a christian is and that's where i wanted to come from is to make sure that people felt safe coming in with in and learning what i do without feeling threatened and giving them the option to explore i think that's so important is that leaving that option available that they can explore their faith, their next steps. And, but by being who I am and showing who I am, they can say, Oh, you know what? She's got her God story. And this is what has helped her to make it through this. So it's not tied to any specific religion um, or to any specific church, but, and, and no Bible studies with it, but anybody really can go through this and feel comfortable and learn the tools and resources and give them the option to explore their spirituality and their faith. As we close, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time and sharing your God story of grief to healing. Um, it sounds like you're still on your journey, but you know, God definitely came in, transformed you, how you thought, your emotions, your writing is definitely uh, a tool that he gave you to help you through the journey as well. And you're speaking, right? And sharing to others who are going through this. And then, of course, having, you know, the books as you've shared. So I wanted to bless you with everything that you're doing there, Peggy and we will make sure that your um, story, your episode here is up on our website and available to listen to. And we'll make sure that um, we have links to your website and your books and everything. So I just wanted to, again, thank you and offer you any closing words right now, if you'd like to share them. Um, thank you. Well, just back to that is that you don't have to do this alone. Reach out, find somebody that can help. And if you think that somebody you know is having suicidal thoughts, ask. It's not going to inspire them to do it if you ask, but it will show that you care. And 
I think that keeping that from being in the dark and being open and asking that question can help in bringing to light what they're experiencing. And remember that God loves you and that you will make make it through this. We are not meant to grieve forever. And that death is part of that circle of life. Granted, we don't like the timing. We don't like how, but it is guaranteed to happen to everybody. And if you can accept that, then you can say, okay, this is part of life. I'm still meant to live it. And I would love to speak with you. Listen to this podcast. Please share this podcast if it strikes the nerve with you. If you know somebody that would benefit, this is what we're about is to share the story, inspire others and help others. Thank you, Peggy, again. And friends, until the next show, be heard and be healed. Hi, friends. What if we all gave on one day? We can. On November 29th, 2022, our community will come together for 24 hours of unprecedented giving to support the God-glorifying, evangelistic storytelling work of Altered Stories Ministry through Giving Tuesday. Altered Stories Ministry is dedicated to bringing the hope and healing of Jesus Christ to hurting and broken women around the world through this transformational God stories we share on our podcast platform. Hashtag be heard, hashtag be healed. You can help us raise awareness and funds to further our mission by making a donation online on November 29th, 2022 on our website at www.alteredstories.org and follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you for your gift. God bless. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 